time to get up, get out of bed. Fill your cup and get ahead with WKGN. One, three, four, oh. Now from the studios of Fox Sports Knoxville, this is Three and Out with Nate Hodges and Houston Kress. Fan Run Radio. To the end zone and caught for the touchdown, McCoy. Milton to Brew McCoy. Milton gonna take a shot wide open and just drop in his Keaton. Joe Milton does it again. Best formation football there is. And that feeling for Josh Heifel. The Tennessee Volunteers are the champions of the Capital One Orange Bowl. And Joe Milton has got to feel great. Rick Barnes, Bill Self, shake hands. Tennessee, they're your champs. The bad boy mowers battle for Atlantis goes to the Volunteers. And they were the bad boys from the jump in this one. That's an interesting question. This is a smooth shot. Wake up, squirrels. You got a visitor into the trees. You called down the thunder. Well, now you got it. You tell them I'm coming and hell's coming with me. You hear? Hell's coming with me. the White Claw Hard Seltzer Studios Fan Run Radio. This is 3 and Out, and it is, I can't do it, but I can say it. It's Optimism Tuesday, question mark. Houston Crest, Adam Hickman, intern Brett with you for the next three-hour tour. I guess we have to start with uh, the recap from the trip to the Plains. Whoa, 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 whoa. All right, what? You're going to bury the lead? Uh, Biggest story in sports over the weekend, Crest. Did you see it? Ball sweep Gonzaga? No. The Combine. Surely the Combine. No. All conference team. John Morant. No. Uh, And it's not Iowa State beating Baylor on the road this weekend either. China threatening the United States as they align with Russia. No. Okay. Tom Brady rumors. Oh, my God. What are the rumors? Uh, Kleinman put out last night that who Kleinman? Does this man have a name? Uh, First name? Is it Don? Don? Do- Dove? Dove Kleinman? Whatever his name is. Dove? I don't know how you pronounce it. His name's spelled D-O-V. That's uh, not relevant. Dove. 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 I like Dove better to be honest, but yeah, he put out there that you know maybe maybe old Brady's not done yet. You know. 
Wait, that's it? He, he's rumored to wear. Miami. Maybe a little bit of interest there between the two parties. All right, we'll, 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 we'll get to that. No, I mean, it's Optimism Tuesday. That's me trying to be optimistic. So you're out, just out on basketball at this point? Uh, probably, but thankfully we only got two more games, so. I don't know. I feel like the SEC tournament matchup isn't too bad. I feel like a bracket. Uh... The winner of Ole Miss and South Carolina, correct? Yeah, I mean, that's a game we should win. You would think. I mean, if South Carolina beats Ole Miss, we only beat them by an average of, I don't know, 40-something points this year. So you'd feel good about that. And then the uh, the rematch afterwards would be with, would that be, yeah, it's Missouri waiting on us. So we get a little payback. What do you always say, Hickman? Rick Barnes is really good against teams he's already seen. Except for Kentucky, Except for Kentucky. this year. Yeah, except for Kentucky. So we wouldn't even have to see Kentucky until the final. We actually do stay away from Bama and Kentucky, right? Who all's on our uh, side? We'd that's have good? we could potentially have Bama in the semifinal. Okay. So you'd have you'd win two, and then there's Bama, and then if you win that, you're playing for the the title. Hmm. So let's say it's uh, I mean South Carolina is the higher seed, right? So you'd play South Carolina on Thursday. You win again if, if we were to somehow lose to South Carolina after beating them by like 43 and 44. Uh, then there's Missouri Friday, a good rematch opportunity, some payback, and then it would likely be Alabama in the semifinal. Although I would say there's an opportunity that Mississippi State could beat Alabama, they almost beat them the last time they played. And as we said, Alabama's been flirting with disaster for the last. Oh, two, three weeks. Uh, they lost to Texas A&M over the weekend. I mean, if if that's your run to the championship game, I think I'd take it. South Carolina, Missouri, potentially Mississippi State. Eh, eh. And, uh, you know, I think the most important part about that would be is the fact that although they're not, they wouldn't be against the best opponents, if you win two games and then lose to Bama, you're not really hurting your No, yeah. Your I don't think anyone's going to hold that against you. Now, you drop your first game to Ole Miss or South Carolina, or even your second for that matter, I think you might start to uh, might start to find yourself on that five line. The five? Yeah. Really? If you lose to – especially if you lose your first game. Do you know what Lenardi has us at? A four, right? No. Still a three? Still a three. Yeah, I think he's an idiot. Yeah, we'll get to he that He was later. an idiot last year, and he's an idiot this year. Just literally he, the – he, opposite. We didn't like what he said, but wasn't his bracket pretty close? I mean, he's talking directly to the committee like he knows who's on it. That's why he's over there like, no, nah, it won't be Tennessee over Kentucky, even though they just beat them and have a better overall record because it's Kentucky. And, and he was right. I mean, it's I didn't like it, but he was right. Maybe probably goes through him. <laughs> That's a good point. He just, I mean, he just kind of steals him. You know, it's not like he's there breaking all the numbers down. He's just looking at Kim Palm and... Net, and then he's talking to the committee. Well, what do you what do you guys think? I still say we have some of the biggest wins collectively of any team in the field. But I didn't get to watch Saturday. And I almost went back and watched it Sunday. But I didn't. Give me a quick synopsis of Tennessee at Arburn. Oh, my gosh. Oh. <sighs> 
Well, I, I saw we had the halftime lead. Yes, we did. Uh, we gave up a corner three with .8 seconds left to cut it from seven to four going into the break. Yeah, that's this might be on me because I, I really made fun of Wendell Green last week. In their game against Bama, I thought he was terrible. Uh, that's just what he does. He'd fit in really nice on our roster because, like most of our guys, he's there one night and then you got to put a – Put an MIA call out for him for four games, and then he shows up and drops 25. It's just it's kind of what Wendell does. It was 24. Let's not give him that extra point. Hmm? He was a little quick for Meshack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Surprised that Meshack couldn't stay in front of him. What well, what stuck out to me was stuck out. What stood out to me. Stuck out's fine. Some of your senior leaders, mm. former five-star guys on your roster that have been in the program for four or five years, whatever it is. Huh. If that's the effort. I feel like you're talking about one dude. If that's the effort you're going to get from Triple J moving forward, I just tell his ass to go back to being hurt. Okay, explain. what what I mean, I'm looking at his box score. It's not like the best, but he was four of 12, two of six from three, ten points, one rebound. Did, did, I mean, I, I don't know, Brett. Like To me – Josiah looked like he wanted to be anywhere but playing a basketball game on Saturday. Just yeah, he was. I thought he was better in the first half, in the second half for sure. Uh, in the second half, just a lot of blunders too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I don't know. We only had eleven turnovers. Like that's not. I mean, it's not great, but it's not terrible. I think it led to a lot of points for them, though. Yeah, there were key steals they had against us and everything. Into the mic. Sorry. Yeah, there you go. We are uh, – I, I don't feel good moving forward. I, I don't I, – I don't think there's anything I could see that's going to make me feel better. Uh, Vescovy played pretty damn well. Well, that's what – But I mean, when he's your only guy that the defense has to prepare for at this point, like that's not going to go well for him or the team. So, My question is why does he get only one more shot than Josiah Jordan-James when he's shooting 8 of 13 and 5 of 9 from 3? I realize he's now your primary ball hander and also played like 38 and a half minutes. But if you're going to have him out there, I mean, he's he's got to be getting – I mean, He's the only one that can create a shot. You watch it, and if it gets – we try and run off the play, then nobody else can get a shot off. They try Auburn had four back. players with double-digit shot attempts. We had two. One was Josiah Jordan-James. The other was, was Vescovy. I thought Key should have shot the ball. I felt a little bit more. He was – I felt like he had a good rhythm. Into the mic. Yeah, so. There you go. I mean, Tyreek Key was a sneaky four and nine for thirteen points on Saturday. If you yeah, if no you'd have told me if you'd have told me going into that game that hey you're going to get thirteen points out of Tyreek Key off the bench, I'm going to say all right, win. This is a pretty standard uh, Tobe Awaka stat line. If the other team has a big, he got ten rebounds, seven defensive, three offensive, had a block, and one point. He's killing the glass. Ten rebounds and eighteen minutes of play. If he had any offense, and he, he actually does a little bit, but not he's not very confident in it. I think right. he's going to be a really good player. I'm not ready to say he's going to be the next Grant Williams, but I mean They said Tashiway so many times. Yeah, he I mean we've talked about that on this show. Wise. He's yeah. like a when it comes to rebounding, he's like a little baby Tashiway. Because I mean he's a little he bit came smaller. Up all of them. It was crazy. Julian Phillips off the bench, two of five, but six of six. Nice to see him get to the free throw line a little bit. Six of six from the free throw line, grabbed six rebounds, ten points. 
I mean, this... If you'd have told me we had four guys in double figures after we scored 46 points in the first game, I'd have felt pretty good. Of course, then Auburn did the same thing, and Wendell Green Jr. scores 24 on 8 of 14. Janai Broom didn't have an answer for him. I mean, he, he even went 2 of 4 from 3 on Saturday, so yeah, it was... Yeah, yeah I was... Shooting 25%, you live with that at that point. Yeah, I mean, I was keeping up with it, at least checking the score, and I kept, at one point I flipped over and it was like, Janai Broom corner three or something like that i'm just like what mm-hmm. does he do that like what's he shoots them every now and then okay i mean he's a I mean, he plays for bruce pearl that's not overly surprising but it is uh oh, man what a weird season like I mean, now pearl that... gave his walk on senior like 10 minutes in that game what really yeah yeah berman was that his name yeah L- leor berman got Nine, Nine minutes. minutes and had two points, one of three with two rebounds. Yeah, Mayshack was a non-factor. I think he was he was getting in foul trouble because he couldn't stay in front of Green. Oh yeah, see, he fouled out in twelve minutes of play. Yeah, he just he was just out of rhythm the whole whole game. Well, we talked basketball. We put up the bat signal. And he has responded. If you want to join the program this morning, 865-546-8200 to join the Big Orange Philly phone lines where we go and grab the one and only. Phil, good morning, sir. Morning, Houston. How are you and uh, Tom Brady and uh, Brett doing? Uh, we're, we're here. He might not be done yet, Philly. Oh, God. Really? Oh, Lord, I wish he'd hurt and, you know, <laughs> get a golden retirement home. That's why he's going to end up doing getting it takes a little more hit and he'll be in retirement home. Yeah, and he's going to Miami with uh, an offensive line not exactly known for keeping the quarterback clean. Hmm. Well, let's talk about the disaster of uh, Tennessee basketball. The pain in the plains. Yeah, Buck Pearl does it again. Really, this is uh, one of Buck Pearl's uh, – uh, really a mediocre team, and they pretty much uh, uh, beat us. And the game was lost in the first half. Tennessee should have been ahead double digits at halftime, and they weren't. Mm. I mean, we I feel like we've said that a bunch about this team in the second half of the season, where you get to halftime and you're, you know, you're down two or up four, and you're thinking, wow, we have locked this other team down. We should have easily a double-digit lead. But again, the problem with this team is scoring consistency. Yeah. And then that defense Tyreek that Key. defense that was supposed to be so good gave up forty nine in the second half. So yeah. we haven't really so worked on the defense, offense. Huh? Yeah. So it's like, okay, you're touting defense, touting defense, touting defense, then you give up, you know, almost fifty in the second half. Like that's not it's not a winning formula. Well, when you got Tyreek Key playing point and has no assist, uh, you're not going to win a game. I don't care how many points he scores, uh, and he falls down on defense. I don't, and offense. I just don't see. I thought Tennessee played better with him sitting on the bench this year. Yeah, it, he had a couple of games early on against. I mean, against nobodies, pretty much, where he, you saw maybe the flash of potential, but I, if he has to run point, we are in deep trouble. Because not only does he not have like the foot speed to get downhill, but like that's just it's just not his game. Like he's not that type of an athlete. You can be super athletic and not that fast and run point, 
but I don't find him to be, you know, another worldly athlete who's just a step slow. He's just he's just kind of a mid range shooter who has to have a lot of help to get open. Yeah, he'd be a good backup for Vescovi. Yeah, yeah. That'd be about you know, and my poor old Moshak, he can't dribble or uh, shoot. I mean, he's a good defender, but. Uh... And then B.J. there's just a rocks on the bench, and uh, they don't know what he can do. That surprised me a little bit, Phil, that Especially he didn't after, get any run this After Barnes' comments, he's you know, after Zakai goes down, he's like, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to need B.J. moving forward. We're going to need him. He's got to step up. Well, we have him on scout team again. We couldn't – I mean, Vescovy goes 39 minutes, according to the box score. We couldn't give him a break. I mean, how, yeah. how can we not – and look, I'm not saying he's going to come in. I don't need him to come in and be all world and, you know, high-flying dunks and burying deep threes. But we got – I mean, I realize he's a senior, Rick, and I know we've only got a few games left probably, but, like, we don't need to burn Vescovi to the ground on his way out. You are one rolled ankle away from not having anybody who can bring the ball up the court yep. against the press. Yep. Hmm. Well, the die has been cast uh... – just like Fulmer, when lost to LSU in 2001, the die was cast in. It was just a matter of when. And the same thing is uh, happening in basketball. They can keep him all as long as they want him. And he can, you know, I know they don't want to pay a $24 million buyout, but it's just a matter of time until he either retires and does the right thing by doing that, or uh, we'll eventually have to can him after uh, once this uh, contract gets down a little bit lower. I mean, there's a reason Texas fired him. Yeah. yeah. He, he he's got us by the junk right now though, unfortunately. Yeah, he does. Who was that Fulmer that gave him that it was Fulmer that gave him this no, contract. No, Randy Boyd. Well yeah, Fulmer. but right. Yeah. Fulmer and Barnes don't like each other. In fact they're very similar personality wise, uh and about the same on the you know, on the field and in the court. Uh Fulmer did win a national championship. And Barnes guys won Final Four, so mm-hmm. you know, pretty similar. I mean, look at all the talent Fulmer wasted when he was over. And both of them refused to adapt as well. Yep. There you go. I mean, I'll it, get off here by Metal Call in, and uh, where's the the leader of your fearless crew? Uh, out. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's why. That's why I'm in charge. No, this yeah, week, every, Phil. everything's fine. He's just uh, he's taking a few days. Well, you got Tom Brady in charge. You know, he's a winner anyway. See you, <laughs> Philly. Thanks for the call. Uh, you know, and I, I, I don't want to turn this into a Barnes bashing thing, but like recruiting is hard, right? Not only to get players, but to identify talent, to evaluate properly. And one of the things that happened to Fulmer, especially later in his career, is he got he got guys that had five and four stars by their name. But they didn't exactly pan out. A lot of them kind of became role players. And you missed on offensive linemen that, what was his name, Brandon Jeffries. He was like the number one offensive tackle in the country. I don't think the kid ever saw the field here. And then it's like he lost a step in recruiting. And I, I think this league has become so good top to bottom. I mean, you're looking at the SEC. The SEC used to hope to get four, maybe five teams in. I think as it stands this morning, we have eight. The league is good. And you've got a lot of new coaches in this league who are st- still kind of getting their footing. 
Uh, I look at what Gates did at Missouri this year. Hell of a job. Buzz has been incredible for A&M. That's a program that doesn't have a rich basketball history, but he's got them with the one seed now. All right, not the one seed in the SEC tournament. They're locked into the two, but they just beat the one seed in Alabama. Granted, it was at home. Um, a great season for them. We take it, basketball seriously now. Yeah, and, and, if, and Greg Sankey did a great job in doing that, but that means that you have to, I mean, obviously Oates and Musselman at Arkansas and Alabama. Like the, I mean, th- think about this. If things go well, Ole Miss is going to have a coach that coached in a national championship three years ago. If if things go the way they want to play out, probably. Wait, who? I, I may have missed this. Who are they talking to? They sat down with Chris Beard yesterday. Really? Yeah. That wasn't like a message board like post. No, that, that was he, that was a legit. That was Congress. a legit meeting over the weekend. Think about that. Ole Miss, a team that's been to the NCAA tournament what five times in yeah. school history, is about to have a head coach. Granted, you know, it's. He would never take this job under you know previous circumstances before the whole sure, sure. incident with his no, wife. No, yeah, he he was way out of Ole Miss's league before the uh, the Texas thing. But I mean, I mean, Ole Miss, a a team who is just known for being the probably the worst program in SEC basketball history, arguably. I'd have to I'd have to deep dive that, but I'd say they're probably not far from it. They are seriously. I mean, you got to think. I mean, if they're serious, just go offer him the job. Because Kermit's – I mean, they made that official. That's done, right? Yeah. Okay. And they've actually – I think they're one and two since they got rid of Kermit. Uh, they beat LSU, and then they played a couple of teams close. Right. I would rather play South Carolina than Ole Miss right now at the moment. Uh, Ole Miss gave us a fit down there in our first SEC game of the season. Yes, they did. And South Carolina, for whatever reason, the matchup, we just punished them. So, yeah, I'm, no, I'm with you. Like, go Gamecocks, please. The conference is in good shape, though. And it's going to be a it's going to be a fight night in, night out, moving forward. Mm-hmm. I think that's what makes this year really impressive for A&M and Alabama. Like, the conference is just getting better. To go, what did Bama finish? Two Lost conference two losses? I mean, that's that's insane. Both on the road against, you know, A&M, who was the second-best team in the conference all year, and Tennessee, who at one time this year was the second-best team in the nation. Pretty remarkable. I mean, Jans at Mississippi State. I really like him. no doubt he'll get things rolling. I I like Jans a lot. I think Jans is going to do just fine if he can get the players. And that's kind of where I'm at with Rick Barnes. I want to have the uh, player personnel conversation. We'll go ahead and hit our first break. Bring it back. You're listening to 3 and Out. It's Fan Run Radio. Eight six five five four six eighty two hundred. If you want to join the Big Orange Phillies phone lines, tease a little personnel conversation. Philly compared Rick Barnes to Philip Fulmer, and maybe some recruiting misses that have cost you. Uh, they're a lot harder to hide in basketball. Yeah, but you know I don't like Philip Fulmer. I think that's pretty clear. But in all honesty, comparing. Rick Barnes to Philip Fulmer is a little bit of an insult to Philip Fulmer. 
<laughs> Let's not get too carried away. One of those guys has a, has a national championship. I, I understand. I the other guy has one Final Four in, what, 33 years? How long is it? 33? I think that's how long he's been coaching. I'm not sure. It's a long exactly. time. It's a long time. Um, and he's had, some, he's had some really good teams and really good players. He, I mean, he, he's obviously had several teams fully capable of reaching a Final Four. I mean, what would you say? He's had two, maybe three here? Uh, Like, if Kyle Alexander doesn't go down and we play Loyola Chicago. Yeah, you had back-to-back years there where you were legit. Then, obviously, the, the, lo- the team, team that lost to Purdue. We thought last year's team with Kennedy Chandler had had the stuff to do it. Now, I don't know if we thought last year's team was a team that could win it, but we thought they could make it there. Um, I never looked at this year's team as a Final Four team. I realized statistically early on in the year they were being dubbed the greatest in the history of Tennessee basketball, but obviously that has kind of fallen by the wayside as the back half of the SEC schedule has proved to be uh, a gauntlet. I believe we've lost six out of our last ten. You're you're not a NCAA tournament team the last twelve games. No, no, you got to be about five hundred. It's been <laughs> it's been thirty six seasons. Rick Barnes has been coaching. Wow. Um, I, I I don't I'm not using this to dog players because like obviously the these players that I'm about to mention they've done good things. They're not absolute scrubs, but we have yet under Barnes to hit on that high four star five star player that is a legitimate scorer. Right out of the gate. I realize not everybody can be Brandon Miller and drop 41, but Julian Phillips has gone over, what, 21 time this year? And he was, you know, he was a five-star guy. He was supposed to come in here and be a scorer. Josiah Jordan-James, a five-star guy who, you know, many people at the time were thinking, oh, this guy's going to be the next great player for Tennessee. And he's been a very solid player for five years. He's not an elite scorer. Kennedy Chandler's been your best scoring five-star Rick Barnes has had. And it took him about half the season to kind of figure it out, which is fine. But, like, it just feels like we, for a team that you – we know what Rick Barnes is going to do with players once they get here, right? It's going to be defense, defense, defense. You're going to work on defense. You're going to know defense. I don't care if you could score. You're not even going to see the court if you can't play defense. But – the problem has been, as we get into the season, our offense tends to fade, and the defense, as teams realize what you're doing and make adjustments, the defense also fades. I mean, 49. We get think about think about this. We gave up 43 to Auburn in the first game. You gave up 49 in the second half. There's not that much time between these two games, and. Pearl figured it out and absolutely roasted us. Now, obviously, we went from scoring 46 to 70, which if you had told me we score 70 before this game, I'm thinking, okay, yeah, probably got a, probably got a pretty good chance to win. But when you tell me they're going to give up 49 and a half, you can go ahead and just throw it out the door. So is it a personnel issue mixed with style? Because that's what it feels like to me. Yeah. And – it almost feels like if Rick Barnes does not have a big post or two that he can rely on night in and night out. Because Olivier Comois has been really, really good in some games. And then he has a tendency to disappear. Plavzic was amazing against Kentucky. 
Uh, some games he plays like 10 minutes. I think it's all personnel. I mean, we've talked about it time after time. The action that we run now is the same for Grant and Admiral. Mm-hmm. Those guys were just elite offensive weapons. Those guys could back down and get a bucket posting up. Those guys could curl into the mm-hmm. into the mid-range there and just pull up, and they were automatic from there. You have guys that can do that once every five or six games, but you, you don't have anybody on this team that's a dude, that anybody that's consistent. That's our biggest problem. Uh, you don't have any alphas out there when things get hard. I texted you this this weekend, Chris. The, one of the biggest problems with this team is when you're beating South Carolina by 53 at home, everybody's out there running their mouth, Pounding banging their chest, on their chest, yep. hanging on their rim, talking smack. But when you're on the road at Auburn and it's do or die, you're down a basket or two under five minutes, you need somebody to just go out there and make a play, somebody to just go out there and steal it. Just nothing. Yeah, Crickets. I, I, I think <laughs> back to the last year under Grant Nammer, we had a road game at Florida. Very tight game. Back and forth, close. And I feel like we were either up two or down two with two-ish, two and a half minutes. And I think we ended up winning that game by 12 or 13. Just completely clamped them down, hit hit the clutch shots, made plays, and everyone did the gator chomp on the court afterwards. Uh, this team, if you're down six, almost at any point in the game, it almost feels like, well, not our night. Down six with this team is like being down 15 with any other team. I mean, what what's the record on the year if you're trailing under five minutes? Uh, we haven't we've not won? won a game. Oh, and... I'm assuming we were trailing I think it's five o- minutes against Auburn. I think it's 0-7. I think it's 0-8 now after Auburn. So, actually, I don't, I don't know. You didn't watch the game. I guess you were fishing. Uh, there was a point where, oh, like. Oh, yeah, I was kind of underhanded. Okay. Well. I was I was fishing. Well, there was a you point. You didn't have to guess. You knew what I was doing. I don't want to assume things. Okay. It's fine. There, there was a point in the broadcast with, like, seven minutes to go, eight minutes to go, maybe even a little bit longer than that in the game. The ESPN stream just cut out. Like mm. the ex, like I guess I don't know if it was like uh, a provider thing or what, but it just went dark. And I think it popped back on at about the five minute mark, and we were up one. And then I don't think we scored a, ba- a field goal from there on out the rest of the game. Yeah, I heard him talking about that on SEC. Now we didn't hit a, we did not make a field goal. In the last six minutes? It's a very on-brand for us. Why are we so bad late in games? Like, what? where does that come from? Is is that because the other team pulls out all the stops and changes basically the dynamic and makeup of the game and we just try to grind it out? Why, why do we not have... I think it's one of those where you... The last five minutes, we shot a lot of threes. James was chucking it. Yeah, why, why did why did we do that? What was the game earlier in the year? We were trailing. Uh, was it? No, it wasn't Vanderbilt. There was a game, I, th- I want to say it was at home, and we're trailing by like four with three minutes to go, yeah. and I don't think we shot a two the rest of the night. We just kept jacking threes. I think that's part of the problem. You just don't have somebody can go to the rim and get, get to the rim. I mean, but like, Phillips was doing it. Yeah, go and get fa- – I mean, and he, he did. I mean, I see we hit some free throws late, but it just doesn't make he any sense. He had a sense. nice play with the walk-up, just a little give-and-go action and just attack the rim. But I 
And your late your late game like your late game offensive execution is non-existent. You're down. There was a point where we were down like four or five. It was a two possession game with like a minute thirty left, and we are taking every second off the shot clock that we possibly can. Well, we don't play fast. I mean, that's just we like. What was the stat? Uh, we we may lead the SEC in steals, but we average four transition points per game. Four, and you're averaging no. you know eight steals a night or something like that. Like that doesn't make any sense. But that's how you get out in transition. You get a steal. You push the tempo. Like we gotta, you got you have to install some quick hitters in this offense to get a basket. For who though? Like that, 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 and that's why I'm. That's why I brought up personnel. I mean, you you at least gotta have something you can draw. Like there was a point. I'm pretty sure it was Josiah. We're down two possessions. Creeping near a minute in a game left, and Josiah is just backing down the post, backing down the post. Like, all right, we got ten seconds left. I don't have anything here. Let's just kick it back out. Let's try and swing the ball over here. And it's like, what are we doing? Like, because at that point, if you do not score on that possession, you are done. Because you're going to have to foul. It's going to be a three possession game. And oh, guess what? You still don't have anything you can draw up for a quick hitter. You have no sense of urgency. You don't have a guy you can go to. Vescovy's Vescovy's done in late game situations because guess what? He's gassed. He's, the only, he's gassed, and he's the only player the defense has to worry about mm-hmm. because no one else is capable. Yeah, how we haven't developed something off of Vescovy when we know that teams are going to focus on him to free up somebody else in a consistent, you know, consistent way is is pretty pretty frustrating. Uh, I want to make sure that Matt has plenty of time, so let's go ahead and hit our last break of Hour 1. Matt, uh, stay tight. We'll uh, get to you as soon as we get back. It's 3 and Out on Fan Run Radio. Straight to the Big Orange Philly phone lines we go. Matt has uh, braved the waters to call in. Good morning, Matt. <laughs> Brave the waters. Time of the morning, lads. Good morrow. Hey, have they changed the uh, um, Google, uh, I don't know what word you use, but when I Google Tennessee basketball, I get women's basketball. You guys notice that? Well, their coach actually got a big win this weekend. <laughs> yeah, but it's been going on for quite a while. Like I'll Google uh, like after I'll Google after a game, and I'll just hit Tennessee basketball, and it, it never did this till like two months ago. And it gives me women. It just the head story is women's basketball. Like it doesn't give me the score for Tennessee men's basketball. Um, I don't know if they've changed their coding or what's happened. It's probably because they played more recently than us, right? They played uh, Sunday. Well, I mean, I just Googled it, and I got I just did Tennessee basketball, and it's all men's stuff. Maybe it's my – I don't know. Maybe it's me. Well, anyways, um, what do we do, guys? I, I think we're uh, – you want to stick a fork in us? We done? Yep. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying they can't win a couple in Nashville or – anything beyond a sweet 16 seems impossible with this team they're just they're too inconsistent i mean this is a team that could make the sweet 16 you know winning a game by 25 
and then put up 42 points in the Sweet 16 game. And I don't, I, I, in a way, it's a little bit freeing going into the going into the postseason because I have no expectations for this team. I'll watch yeah, and I'll and I'll hope they win. But we all know that if they lose, it's going to be something we've seen before, right? I mean, it's going to be yeah. an Auburn, you know, repeat. It's going to be a Missouri or a Vanderbilt repeat where a team just gets you know red hot from three. I mean, we just we've lost so many different ways this year that. Nothing, I don't think, will surprise me once we get to the NCAA tournament. Well, it's almost like the ceiling for this team is a Sweet 16. Yeah, you know? it feels like it now. It sucks because we, we're saying the same thing we said last year, mm-hmm. and it's not gotten any better this year. It's There's nobody that takes over at the end of a game. <clears throat> and you guys nailed it a minute ago. Vescovy can't. I mean, he's played... You know, 35-plus minutes, you can't expect the guy to just keep maneuvering to get open off screens when he's tanked at the end of the game. Plus, your three-point shots just aren't going to be there. So, you need guys like Triple J, in my opinion, should be the guy that leads that team anyways. Mm. And he's just not. Whether injury or not, he didn't do it when he was healthy. He Supposedly, he's very vocal in the locker room. I'm sure he leads by example. But he doesn't take leadership on the court based on his body language or his his decision making. Yeah, Hickman said that earlier, Matt, and I, I didn't get to watch the game. Did you get a vibe that Triple J looked like he didn't want to be out there? Not, I mean, not. I don't think he didn't want to not be out there. I just, I just think it wasn't even just him. It was. I thought Phillips had the same, uh, the same look. I mean, I don't yeah. know how you describe it, but it wasn't an it wasn't an aggressive, give me the ball, let's make something happen. Look, it was almost like they were tired, you know. Mm-hmm, yeah. Ooh, well, that, they've been running. Yeah, that's uh, that's a longstanding theme. Sure, well, it's just it's surely yeah. to God he's not making this team now down a point guard run wind sprints on a. Thursday before a big Friday road game or who knows Friday road trip for a big Saturday game I don't care what he does I know what he's not doing is he's not creating a sense of urgency at the end of the game for these guys to score Mm. he's not putting the playmakers in positions to score that's obvious that's been that's just been an ongoing problem for quite a while now and it's weird man because this team is they seem like they would be a fast team. Mm. Like they, they seem like they could get up and down the court and run with people if they wanted to. I just don't know if we just if if it's they're so gassed at this point of the season from playing just hard nosed defense for just you know forty minutes a game nonstop for twenty eight games is you know you think at some point's going to get to you, but they still play good D. Mm-hmm. But man, we just God when we're not scoring, it is. So damn ugly to watch. It's yeah. like it's like high school basketball, man. I would argue it's worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could well, argue. Depending on who worse. you're watching play high school basketball. Was that was that not bad the other night? You it, didn't get to see it, Houston, but it was it was ugly. And and what sucks is like you saw it coming the whole the whole time. You you knew how that game was gonna end. Five minutes into the second half, yeah. you, you knew yeah, like you okay, I mean, it's going to be a close one late, and they're just we're just not going to be able to do anything about it. It's just going to be an Auburn win. 
Same story as A&M. Same story as insert whatever game you've lost close down the stretch. Mm-hmm. You, you, you knew it was coming. Yeah, and I, I was a little shocked we just didn't score anything at the end. I mean, to not to not get any look. And and you know what's funny? And I'll get out of here, guys. I appreciate the time. But i, I got to say this, because earlier you made a comment about how we don't play uh, – we don't press and we don't play fast at the end of the game, which is true. But what amazes me is we don't play fast ball. You know, like we don't play up and down the court fast. But we'll play fast when we get set up in a half-court offense and jack a three with five mm. seconds off the clock. Yeah. Which blows my mind. We'll take the ugliest, dumbest shot after we've set our offense. We'll do two passes and shoot some weird just three-point shot up with, with, where nobody's set up, nobody's in place to rebound. And we didn't used to do that. We've gotten progressively worse doing that as the season's gone on, which is, you know, I don't know. They better fix it, guys. Peace. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, that's I've, that's something I've noticed with this team several times. I, I know Rick Barnes tells the guys, like, don't turn down good shots, but there have been numerous games where a team who doesn't like to play fast, us, somehow gets a halfway open look early in the offense and there's not a single guy with a foot in the paint and unless it goes in I mean it's basically a turnover because you're not going to get the rebound you have no one in position to rebound and I mean like they out rebounded Auburn on Saturday so clearly a lot of that is probably specifically because Tobey Awaka is a man child but it it's frustrating and now we go into postseason play, and, I mean, outside of, like, games against South Carolina, I mean, what what games would we say Tennessee got hot? Texas? Texas. The South Carolina games? Vescovy was on it against Kansas. Nobody else, really. But right, right. Thankfully, Kansas wasn't on it. One guy against Missouri. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, Tyreek Key goes – I mean – Because we weren't shooting it well until he got hot. What do we – what do we – were we down 17 or 18 against Missouri? Probably about that. 17. 17? I guess on the I guess on the bright side, you want a little bit of optimism here. I mean, it you, is optimism Tuesday. I'll give you How this quickly little we forget. optimism take, and then I'll just be back to negativity. But, I mean, you did beat Alabama not really playing worth a damn on offense. True. So, I mean, that's a that's got to be a good sign. or Not, not a good sign, but it's got to be a – it's got to help you rest easy a little bit knowing that you at least can beat really, really good teams not playing good offensively and just shutting them down. But doesn't that almost make it more frustrating when you see games uh, like Missouri, like Vanderbilt, like this last Auburn game where, I mean, Auburn hit eight threes. That's kind of their magic number. But what did Missouri hit, 14? Yeah. Sometimes on nights like that you just say, hey, good game plan, you hit your shots. Uh, you know, like the same thing with Vanderbilt. The yeah, first time we played, yeah, they hit like eleven threes. And sometimes we're good enough to overcome that, and sometimes, obviously, we're not. Um, you know, Missouri hits a, I don't know what was it, like a forty footer to beat you, like whatever. You kind of tip your cap. It was a great comeback. Um, you know, you did just about everything right. Yeah. So, uh, th- you know, that game, I, that's those aren't the games that frustrate me. When a team hits 14 threes and then it takes a 40-footer to beat you, like, I'm not that mad about that. Same thing with the, the Vanderbilt game in Memorial. Like, you had the game won, they made a play. They hit, they kicked it to the corner, and the guy had just enough time to get the shot off. 
what frustrates me is, I mean, I'm just looking at the the scoring graph here, and we hit crunch time. We hit six minutes and 25 seconds to go, and then we flatline. I mean, that's winning time. That is, uh, you know, as Reggie Miller said, like that is that is the time for somebody to step up. Not even just play. Like that's when coaches have to step up. That's when you have to scheme and and create a bucket for your team if they're struggling. You have to find out. You take in all the data from the game at that point. You know what has Auburn been doing that's given us trouble? Where are they vulnerable when they're running the defense that they've been, you know, giving us fits with? And then you have something to counter react that defense and get an easy bucket or two or three. And sometimes they they can't adjust in time, and you're up, you're able to win the game. And instead. We go from up one to losing by nine. Yeah, I mean, obviously that's the most frustrating part. You did not get blown out in a single game, I don't Mm -hmm. think, this year. I mean, can you think of one game where you're like, man, we have no chance in the last five minutes to win this game? I mean, Colorado, honestly. Like, that was the only one. I mean, that was the only one where you felt like, all right, let's pull Vescovi, let's bring some backups in, or this game's over. No, you were in it against Arizona. You were in it really both games against Kentucky. Uh, Florida pulled away from you a little bit, yeah, but but was, with four minutes to go, that was a game. And you were winning in the second yeah, half, Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Vanderbilt, you lose by one. Missouri, you lose by one. Uh, Kentucky at Kentucky. I can't remember how that one went late. You ended up losing by 12, but, I mean, it was in the 50s and 60s, so it's like you should be able to turn something on. You were in the A&M game. You were in this Auburn game. I mean, so, you said, what, 0-9 or 0-10? In the last five minutes of game, I think it's zero and eight if oh, they're if they're trailing at five minutes. You had two buzzer beaters you got beat on there yeah. too. I mean that's part of the eight, but I think I mean. So you're right there. Yeah. You just don't have that closer that yep. we keep talking about. Mm-hmm. You know. And it's kind of on both ends of the floor. Like when you need a stop, we haven't been able to get it late in games, and we don't have a go-to play playmaker. We're just kind of. Hoping for the best at that, like almost we need teams to make mistakes instead of us making plays, and that's that's a frustrating thing to kind of have to sit back and wait on. Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, we think this team wins their first round game of the SEC tournament, right? I do. Yes. Yeah, but I mean, you know, but are you saying it, it's dependent? Like, if it's Ole Miss, I'm going to be sweating that out probably. Uh, I mean, there's a good chance that. And it's hard to beat somebody three times. It's it's it's, tur- right. it's yeah, tournament yeah. time too, you know. Like yep, I, like yep. every game's gonna be close. Like teams are fighting for their lives here, and I just don't think you can. I just don't think win or go home is a good recipe for us for other teams to have that mindset. You know, I, I didn't like being the second ranked team in the country because I didn't think we were good enough to have a target on our back every night we step on the court. Mm. So. It'll yeah, be interesting I, to see. I wonder if that got to this team. Like, if they started feeling themselves a little bit. Maybe got a little too confident. I mean, they don't play lazy, but you just wonder if maybe they thought it was coming a little too easy and that they didn't have to scrap. And maybe that's not even the players. Maybe that's the coaching staff, too. We'll take a break. Kickoff hour number two after this. <laughs> 